Welcome to Hope Ahead, where we share stories of help and hope for people facing addiction and mental health challenges right here in our community. Hope Ahead is brought to you by the Virtue Center, and I'm your host, Caleb Klusmeyer. And I'm Carol Bauman. My skin is cold because I don't want to know. Today's music is brought to you by Sunfo, a Midwest emo band from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Today we'll be kicking off our Recovery Month series by talking to the Executive Director of the Virtue Center. In today's podcast, we are visiting with Teresa Collado, the Executive Director of the Virtue Center. I am just going to jump right in and ask you, one, how long have you been here? And two, how did you get here? That's a great question. Um, I've been with the Virtue Center for 23 years. There was a one-year break, and I don't know how I got here. I believe um, that I was supposed to be here. And, um, I studied journalism in college, and my first job out of school was at OU um, working with the substance abuse prevention curriculum. Light just went off in my head like, this makes so much sense. What if we worked with kids when they were little so you know they wouldn't have to experience addiction? And then from there, I went to work as a director of prevention programs in an outpatient treatment center in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And then since there, I've been at the Virtue Center and have first started out as the prevention director, and now I'm the executive director. Has addiction played a direct role in your life before you came to, you know, really put yourself into it? I think being in this field helped me to open my eyes to what my mother experienced And when I started learning about how families are impacted by addiction, I so related. I mean, I bawled. Mm. It was so um, relevant to me. And I'm like, why is this? And then when I look back, even though my parents aren't alcoholics, both of my grandparents on my mother's side were alcoholics. And the mother, my grandmother lost all five of her children because of her alcoholism. And so kind of getting yourself into this probably shed light in a different way. Um, For me, like I viewed alcoholism um, in a completely different way than I view it now. And it's given me the opportunity to change the way when I look back on how it's affected our family um, that I just think about it in a completely different way. So do you think that's how, can you say the same thing? Oh, I think so. I mean, it's so easy to judge um, someone who has the disease of alcoholism. And and what I've learned being in this field is that it is a brain disease and that the addiction takes away who they really are. It's just, it's tragic. And recovery brings them back to who they really are and, and who they're meant to be. And, you know, working here, I've just gotten to see that time and time again. And that's why, even though it's hard to work at a nonprofit, it's our, the mission that keeps keeps me going mm-hmm. because I see the lives that are changed. And you say recovery is for all. What, what does that mean? Like to our listeners who don't really understand um, the, the importance of recovery, the process of recovery, and when you say for all, who, who does that mean? Because it's beyond just the person that 
is struggling. Absolutely. Addiction doesn't care who you are, <laughs> what background you come from, how much money you make, nothing. It, it really is brutal. It's a brutal disease. It's chronic. Once you have the disease, it will never go away, but there is recovery. Um, but it is brutal, and if, there's, if there is not treatment, if there's not recovery, there's death. And you're right, what I've seen is how it has impacted um, families. Um, and the families get sick. So recovery is not only for the individual with the disease, it is also for the family. And I personally am a, in, in recovery as a family member um, who's been impacted by, by alcoholism. And we want to be able to help anyone. That's, that's our vision at the Virtue Center. Right. Help anyone. It, it, we are a place for anyone suffering from this, the individual and their family members. And what services specifically does the Virtue Center do to help with that? Well, we provide outpatient treatment services, and a lot of people don't realize that outpatient treatment services is an option, that not everyone has to go away and pay thousands and thousands of dollars. They can get treatment within their community. They can work. They can be with their families um, and uh, also be in recovery. So re recovery looks different for different people. Treatment looks different for different people, but it may include um, individual therapy, group therapy, family therapy, case management, um, peer recovery support, education. Um, all of those things um, are part of a treatment plan that is developed for an individual. And what's important is that the individual has input on what their goals are. We don't determine their goals. We work with them so that they can figure out what their goals are so they can be successful. Can you like think back and share um, just a story, a journey of someone that you guys have helped that just has stayed with you? Oh my goodness. Okay, there are so many. But the first one, so I'll, I'll just do the first one that comes to my head, and I'm just going to use the name Phil. And he um, came to us. He had been released from the hospital. His alcoholism landed him in the hospital. Um, he had been receiving services at the VA, but actually hearing the stories of other veterans actually was not helpful to him. Mm. It triggered his trauma, and that's when he had a breakdown. So he was in the hospital. Um, they told him at the hospital, you need to get treatment or you will die. And um, he got out of the hospital, hospital, called us, and said, can I get some help? And we said, yes, come in. And he came, he came in. So this is a, a young man, you know, in his mid-30s um, with three children and wife and had served three tours of duty, a lot of trauma there. And um, he basically couldn't leave his home because of the post-traumatic stress disorder. It, it would just trigger it. I mean, a movement by someone's hand, he would think someone was pulling a gun on him just because of his experiences as a, really as a veteran and an American hero. And um, he couldn't go to school. That was, it was, he just basically didn't leave his house. So 
Anyway, he came here and got help, and one of the benchmarks for him, he achieved a year of sobriety. During that time, he came with me to speak to Rotarians. Wow. Um, yes, this is a person who had couldn't get out of his home. He came and spoke about what recovery meant to him, to strangers. Um, you know, talk about smashing the stigma. And, and people, and that's what we're finding is that when people hear these stories, they relate and they're, they admire the courage that it takes to do this. Right. They're relating, they're identifying, mm-hmm. and it becomes so much more than this person's an alcoholic and the issues with alcoholism. It really just unfolds and expands so much more when somebody with courage can get up and share their story like it, that. It takes away the judgment right. because you see this person as a human being and you understand it. It's not a stereotype. It's not something you read in, a, in the paper. Mm-hmm. It's a real human being who's married, has three children. And one of the other benchmarks in his recovery is that he actually went to his six-year-old daughter's Valentine's Day party. And that was the first time that he had been able to go to the school to participate in something like that. So what recovery does is help people to be the parents that they they really are and that they want to be and that they are meant to be. So it's beyond sobriety. It's actually functioning and being a part and being present in, in life. You can be sober and be really sick. Right. <laughs> right. So a person can be sober and be really sick, white knuckling it, just I'm just, you know, but it is a brain disease. And, and what treatment does is help to rewire the brain so that it's more healthy and so that we are able to function better and to be the people that we really are and not this brain that has been hijacked by addiction. Right. Um, but once you have recovery, um, you still have the disease. And so relapse is very, it, it's just part of a disease. But with recovery, you have learned skills and a way of being and a way of comfort and peace that you want back real quickly mm-hmm. when, you, when, you lose, when you lose it. Lately, because of the pandemic, we are having people come back. Right. They have not um, started using again. But their trauma their, uh, has really popped up for them, and they're ready to deal with those issues even more. And we're here for that, too. That's a story that, since I've kind of come on board here, um, that has stuck with me that you've shared a couple of times about a young man that oh. used the services here at the Virtue Center and has been incredibly successful, um, but then has come full circle with you guys because of the pandemic. So can you... Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that is an amazing story. And, you know, he had a lot of trauma in his life at 13 years old. I I can't even imagine a 13-year-old, but moved out of his home to live with his girlfriend. So there were lots of things going on in his um, teen years. He came to us when he was 19, and um, he found out that he had a baby that was in the foster care system. He did not know he had a child, and he decided, I want, the, I want my child. So he knew he needed to straighten up in order to do that. So he came in. He, it was his choice. He wanted to come in. He wanted to get his child, um, and he was with us for about nine months. So it depends. We have people here that are three months, nine months, two years. Um, it just depends on the individual and what their goals are. 
And so he was with us nine months, did, a, did great, has stayed sober, went to Moore Norman Technology Center, uh, learned how to become a mechanic, has a great job at one of the top um, car dealerships, um, married, had another child, has a home. You know, all these things, um, you know, without recovery, he'd probably be dead or in jail. Right. And what the pandemic has done for a lot of us is, you know, if you didn't realize you had mental health issues, it certainly brought it to the surface or it caused mental health issues. But for him, he started having nightmares. And he realized, I should, I'm, I've got everything more than I've ever dreamed of. And why am I so sad? Mm. And I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to lose this all. And I'm scared I'm going to start uh, using again. And that's when he came back. And what's kind of cool is that, you know, this is six years later. So he's still a young man, 25, and has all the success at 25. And he is seeing his um, the same therapist that he saw when he was 19. Wow. And he, he tried some other places. But, you know, we understand about addiction. It's very... Um, we have that specialty. We understand it inside and out and, and the mental health issues that go along with having addiction. And he just felt comfortable here. I think that's, for me being on the outside, I think that's because you guys tend to see them as a human being yes. first and an alcoholic or an addict or someone struggling with mental health second. And a lot of times these people probably think that's the only thing people see. And that probably contributes to just intensify the things that they're already dealing with. But when they walk through these doors, and I've just briefly seen it, they're greeted as if they're walking into, you know, an optometrist appointment. (laughs) (laughs) And we have had people say, you know, you treat us... um, as human beings, um, which helps take away the shame. It's not that people are unaware, um, and you're right, it, this addiction has caused them to make some shameful choices, and they feel the shame, and then that shame keeps them from getting help. It's embarrassing. Sure. They have, they know who they are. They, they've lost their way, and we tell them it's okay because you can find your way again, and you, you get to... Uh, make those choices, and we help you. And um, yeah, and that's what people tell us. You just treat us like we're human beings. Right. And that's the way all people should be treated. So I think we can probably all agree that the last several months um, have unveiled to us the connection between mental health and addiction. And we can't ignore it anymore. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Moving forward, how do you see the Virtue Center playing a role, raising awareness, advocating for these people, and smashing the stigma? We are actively building towards that. Again, our vision is to help everyone. Um, We are going to work on having a standalone uh, mental health service as well. Um, one of the things, because of funding, we're limited to people, to families coming in only if the alcoholic is in services. In the meantime, we know that families are suffering and maybe their alcoholic or the person with addiction is not ready to come in yet. So we want to serve those families 
whether the the person with the disease is in services or not. And right now we're we're constrained by the way we receive funding. Um, so we are actively working to be a place where the families can just come in. Right. Because there's a duality there that we cannot ignore. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I my part of my story, and, and I've asked my husband if I can share this, and he says if it helps people, yes, you can share any time. My husband is in recovery for alcoholism, and he it's 17 years for him in September. Wow. Yeah. So recovery that? month, um, actually 9-11, <laughs> 17, oh, 17 years of recovery, and I came into my own recovery at the same time mm-hmm. because I knew I could not help my husband, and I knew I was broken. And um, and it's not my husband's. I, I don't blame that at all. In fact, I'm so grateful that his struggle and his recovery brought, brought me to my own recovery. And what I've learned in recovery as a family member, um, I didn't cause it. I can't cure it. I can't control it. But I can contribute to it. And if I'm sick, I contribute in a negative way. If I'm healthy, I contribute to my family in a positive way. So the whole focus on recovery for me is not about how to help the alcoholic. For me, it is how do I help myself? And how do I be the best person I can be? And I'll just say the the biggest gift um, from this, and I didn't know it when I first came into recovery, is it has helped me to be the parent that I am today. And I have been able to let go of my children in a healthy way, you know, let them have their own experiences, be there to support them and love them, but not to try to control them. And, you know, today we're very close and they they come to me and they share their lives with me and their problems with me. We go on vacation still, even though they're they're grown. And I believe that without recovery, it would be different. And the other thing is they saw their dad, you know, now they're older, they have their own lives, but they saw their dad get a chip each year. They would come to his celebration, and I would be there too. And I remember one time, you know, they're teenagers, and they were like, ugh. <laughs> uh, you know, they their heads were down. You're making us go to do this. You know, we're going to celebrate dad. And as we're driving, you know, and at the at the meeting, there was also a speaker sharing his story. And it was quite a story. Um, and as we're driving home, my my son, all, he perked up and he goes, Mom, was our life like that before recovery? Oh. They were little when, when yeah. we both got in recovery. And I said, Son, it wasn't like that, but we were hurt and, hurt and broken. And if we hadn't gotten into recovery, that might be what our life looked like. And he goes, Wow. So even though they were teenagers and they were like, ugh, <laughs> they heard the stories and they were like, wow, our family isn't like that, but it could have been. And it's only because of recovery. And that really does give insight to how recovery is for all. Yes. Everyone in the family. Everyone in the family. Everyone. I, I feel like my children have benefited from both their parents. I, I, I know it. I know things would have been different. Yeah. We wouldn't be able to be there for our children. During that time, my, my children were two and five when we both came into recovery, and now they're 19 and 22. And um, I think it, things would be really different. Now, does that say everything was <laughs> honky-dory? Did we, you know, we went through some tough times just because that's life. Right. But we have had tools and healthiness 
that has allowed us to handle things with as much grace as possible. And for us, with the help of a higher power, that we didn't have to do it all on our own, that we have a higher power in our lives that can guide us and give us the strength to do the hard things. So for people listening, um, what would you say to, what do you want them to know about the Virtue Center? Because I've lived here my whole life, never knew this was here. And with all the things I've been involved with over the last several years, I totally should have known that this was here. <laughs> um, so for just, you know, Normanites, people that live here, um, what do you want them to know? Walk through our doors. If, if you know, uh, if you want help, just walk in. If, if you have a family member that has, is struggling with addiction, give us a call. Come in yourself and we will, we have helped family members figure out next steps. We are here for anyone and everyone. So if there is addiction and, and the related mental health issues going on with friends, families, co-workers, you know because it's everywhere, <laughs> that we are here for you. And all you have to do is walk in. Yeah, they don't have to go out of state. No. They don't have to take a second mortgage out on their house. They don't even have to make an appointment. There you go. They can just walk in through the doors. And what a treasure to have here in our community. That's one of my goals is to make sure every person that lives here knows that the Virtue Center is here. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate all of your efforts in smashing the stigma. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hope Ahead. To share your story or sponsor a podcast, you can email hopeahead at thevirtuecenter.org or reach out on Instagram and Facebook. So break my bones where my skin is cold because I die. Cause I am in no control